I hope you've noticed. Um, we have come now to our fifth installment of uh, this series of messages called The Works of Christ. And uh, today we're going to talk about uh, repair and release. Repair and release of the shattered. Uh, I want us to refocus again a little bit. So uh, we, they read to us out of Isaiah 58, and we will go back to Isaiah 58 uh, in a minute. But uh, just for the sake of your regathering, would you go to Luke chapter 4, the Gospel of St. Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke chapter 4. You got to John, you went one book too far. And we're just going to read verse 18, just to refresh our memory. The Lord Jesus is in Nazareth. He has entered into the synagogue. He has been given the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And he has read from that scroll, and this is what he read, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are downtrodden, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. We have been looking at uh, these particular five works, six works that are described to us here in this passage. We said that they are metaphors. And by that we are saying that he is not directing his words to a poor man, one who is poor physically, but he is directing it to all men because we are spiritually bankrupt. That the shattered heart is the heart that has been broken to pieces, that the one taken by the spear is the one who has a spear at his back, that is the captive that the one blind is the one that has been blinded by the smoke of the devil. And the one that now comes to us at this point is to set free those who are downtrodden. And as we look at this passage, we see that Jesus comes to the how he meant to provide the facts that he was Messiah. This is the passage in which Jesus says, I am Messiah, and here are my credentials. Watch. Just keep your eyes on me and watch me do it. Now, we're working our way somewhere. You know, you've been with me. Those of you who have been at ICA long enough know that uh, every message has a reason, has a direction. And we are working our way somewhere with this. And here's where we're going. I want you to get there. I think the next time... Uh, now I don't, excuse me, not the word I think. The next message we have is going to really kind of crystallize this. And I think it comes at a good time. I think God in his sovereignty, you know, he, he works all things out. We are working our way to the concluding fact that not only did he, Jesus, come to do these works, but that we, the church, as a collective body and as individuals, we are to do these works. 
So I hope that as we do a review and as we talk, you realize this isn't just about what Jesus came to do. This is about what he told you to do. And so let's look at that number five, to set free those who are oppressed. That's a couple of words there that we need to look at. This is a shorter message. I'm not going to jump into the next one because the next one's really long. So it's either one short one or one long or one really, really long one. And though some of you last night should get used to having two, two hour worth messages, you should no longer complain about my 45s. Bruise. Now look at your Bible because, you know, the good thing about having various versions is you get to shana, get a, 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 look at what your Bible says there in Luke chapter eight, 418, that phrase, to set free those who are oppressed. It could say bruised, to set free those who are bruised, oppressed, downtrodden, depends on the version that you have. The word is translated almost invariably in, in, two, in two extremes of the same thought. To be bruised is not the same thing as downtrodden in our vocabulary. Bruise is when uh, my, my dear wife, I don't know if it's the years, I don't know what it is, it, maybe it's circulation, but she really bruises easy now. So she, she'll just walk by a table and hit it with a, the corner, you know, and, and she bruises. And uh, I pointed that out to her, and uh, she gave me the reason. She said, don't forget that I am a princess and I am very delicate. <laughs> I thought I had no argument with that one. I just simply said yes. You know, you bruise. Your bruising doesn't seem something extremely, you know, hard, dangerous, uh, aggressive onto the body. But now, you know, downtrodden is somebody who's been just stepped on. That's, a, that's two different things. Let me tell you why. The reason is, this word is only in the New Testament one time. It only comes up once, right here. Now, for, tra for translators, it's difficult when, only, when a word is only used once. Because they need context of other passages in order to translate it. And so, that's why we kind of have somewhat of an extreme of what it could be. What type of hurting is it? So we have to look a little more into the word. Actually, that's why you read Isaiah 58. Because in Isaiah 58, it's the only other time that that word exists. All right, now, uh, where are my students from the pastoral class? Now, folks, I taught you about something called the LXX, right? Remember that? It is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the Septuagint. Well, in the Septuagint, this passage is the only other passage where the word is used, back in Isaiah 58. Actually, it's an exact quote of what Jesus just quoted. And it's the only other time that word is used. And so they take all of this, and a fellow by the name of Vine, Vine's Dictionary, and now Vine says this, that the word means broken by calamity. Another one describes it as shattered. So it's more than just bruised. We're talking about a person who is broken 
by calamity, shattered. Uh, it says to set free those who are. Now, the those who are implies that it's an ongoing thing in the, in, the, in the verb format. It's an ongoing thing. So here's what you got. You got somebody who has been shattered, who has been downtrodden, who, whose inner person just is totally destroyed, was, is, and continues to be. This is a person who has serious consequences to the life that they have lived in. Now, there's two reasons for that. Reason number one, it is, is a consequence of life. You know, just living life, you get bruised, you get beat up, you get stepped on. The reason for that is because of the sins of other people. Uh, we've had people in this congregation who have been broken into their home, their cars. Uh, and why? Well, you know, because we live in a fallen world. We've talked about this in the past. We get sick because somebody who has a cold sneezed in our direction and didn't cover their mouth. You know, you just live in a fallen world and things happen. There are consequences, not because of what you did, but because of some other people did. You're driving down the road, you know, you're just being all nice and... Uh, a uh, good citizen about things, and you're stopping at your stop lot signs, and you're stopping at your red lights, and you're signaling your right-hand turn, and you come to a corner, and bang! This is when you say, idiot. You know, ah, some idiot hit me. And you know what? You were doing everything right, but they didn't. They went right through that stop sign. They hit you. What did you do wrong? Nothing. It so happens that they, maybe they were drunk. And have you ever noticed the drunks always walk away from the accidents? And it's the other person that always gets really hurt. And you go, what did I do wrong? And the answer is absolutely nothing. You're just surrounded by sin. You're surrounded by people, by a world that's fallen, and you're a victim of it time and time again. When sometimes those happenings are a little more complicated it could be where you were born. Uh, you know, you, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. Uh, where you're born, you're born, and you can't change that. Place you're born, family you're born into. And that may bring some oppression of some sort. Well, it's where you are. And, yeah, and I guess in a sense, we, we end up having to deal with it, but that doesn't mean that we're good. It means that there's bruising, there's, there's, there's downtroddenness inside of us. We are in a state of calamity, and we, somebody has to help us, even though we are the victim. But now, not always. Sometimes, it is as a consequence of your own sin, of my own sin. So sometimes it's the sin of others. Sometimes it's because I disobeyed. I decided I am the Lord of my life. I will take the reins of my life. I will do. I will come. I will go. And we make choices, and the choices are wrong, and then we have consequences. And sometimes those consequences are horrible. Last night I was talking to a young lady who was just broken. And uh, she just, she couldn't verbalize all her pain inside. 
And I'm, you know, I'm, work, I'm working through this in my mind. Well, is it that she's a victim? And by the time we were done, yeah, she just made a lot of bad choices in her life. And now she doesn't know what to do. Well, you know what? Our job is to point her to the one who can do something about her calamity. Sin wrecks and makes wretched by its crushing and shattering consequences into the lives of people. I learned that you can't judge a person by the outward look, can't judge a book by its cover, and you never know what goes on behind a closed door. When I was a very young man, uh, one of the many jobs I had, and the last one that really kind of hung for a while and was uh, I, I worked in what's called a durable medical equipment company. That gave me access to people's homes to deliver hospital beds, wheelchairs, walkers, diapers, chucks, all sorts of feeding stuff. And you know what I learned? That as I would drive down a broken down, low class neighborhood and go into a home and there was a uh, somebody in a fetal position in a bed with tubes all over them and we're trying to feed them and, and so on, I learned that that's not a consequence of where they live. Because I would get in my same car and drive to the other side of town to the big, plush, beautiful mansions. And the butler at the door and the lady that would take me to the back room and I'd find another individual in a fetal position on a bed with tubes coming out of everything and we would have to feed them uh, a little bottle of you know, liquid. And those two individuals lived in two different worlds, but you know what? They were in the same condition. And I learned that I would drive past a neighborhood, be it a run-down run neighborhood or an up-class neighborhood, and I always said to myself, who knows what really goes on behind those doors? What is really going on behind those doors? The word is oppressed, shattered, we said, downtrodden. And the idea is of fragmentation. Now Jesus said, he's come to set free. Now we're going to talk about why he says set free. Set free those who are fragmented. The idea of the mind. How many times we have been told about some, well, they're schizophrenic. It is actually a diagnosis that a psychologist can give, psychiatrist can give. Ever heard of multiple personality syndrome? MPS. This is when a person has multiple personalities. That's a shattered mind. You know what, folks? I know what that is. I know that because it's, it was in my family. See, one of my sisters had MPS. And I never knew who I was talking to. I almost would have to ask her to introduce herself. Now, I was young and in a sense in that I didn't understand much. 
I didn't live with her. I lived abroad. I've lived abroad for now 26 years. So whenever I would see her, it was always a little bit. And, uh, and, and, and she had names. Each personality had a name, folks. And there's a lot of regret in me because I didn't know how to help her. Now, I know now, but it's too late. My sisters died. And, and you know what? I never understood. At first, I criticized. Then I condemned. And then I just kind of gave up. I didn't understand that she was shattered inside. It wasn't really till at the end of her life that we came to understand what was it that shattered her. She grew up in my house. Well, what made her? And you know, I didn't realize the things that were going on around in my own family, in my own life, around, just, just around me. These are people who are severely traumatized, abused. They tell us, the psychologists tell us, that people under dominant personalities are shattered. They can be physical. They can be abused, battered physically. It can be a case of incest. Incest shatters individuals on the inside. By the way, I've dealt with men who have had to deal with these things too, not just women. Sexual abuse is not just outside the home. It occurs inside the home. And it, it, it robs people of their self-worth, of their self-love, of, their, of how they see themselves. It, it, it collapses their own views. They see themselves as worthless, useless garbage. But it's not because they are, it's because somebody makes them feel that way. and shatters their inner self. Drug abuse can shatter your mind and your inner self, including legal drugs, folks. And like I said, I go past the doors, and I see the outside, and it looks good, but I know. There could be a world of trouble behind those doors. There is, of course, the emotional abuse that is suffered under a dominant personality. It could have been a dominant father, a dominant mother, or an older sibling, or the mate that you married, a boss that you have. And taught from, from, from days and months and years of being belittled and made to feel useless, you begin to believe it and you begin to fall to pieces on the inside. We said we need to look at two thoughts there. That is the oppressed. That is the person that is shattered on the inside. And to that, Jesus said, he came to set free. To set free. Now, why does he say set free? I would have thought he came to heal them, to restore them, to build them. But he says, I came to set them free. Now, the word there is actually a word that means to send away. And the idea is to send them away into what he says, liberty, 
freedom. Send them into freedom. That's where that passage came in, in Isaiah 58.6. In Isaiah 58.6, one of those phrases read this, to let the oppressed go free. To let the oppressed go free. To let the shattered heart, the shattered mind go free. You think, what do you mean let them go free? Well, folks, have you noticed there's a pattern here? Have you seen the spiritual oppression that we've been going through in each one of those lines? See, there is an enemy. And he simply cannot let you live in peace. And he will do whatever he can to bring you to your knees. And when you are shattered and when you have been so ill-treated and ill-respected that you are in pieces on the inside, Jesus says, all you need is freedom. Freedom. Well, healing for the purpose of productivity. Hold on to that. Why does he come to set them free? Because the idea is you've had such a bad self-esteem. You saw yourself as so useless. God comes in and says, not only am I going to free you, but I'm going to free you for productivity. So many times we misconceive Christianity. It's because we're selfish, folks. I, I, I think, you ever heard of the proverb that says, my people perish for lack of wisdom? You know what it really means? It's the understanding of the written word of God. Folks, we are selfish. And if you ever think you're not, you think too highly of yourself. We are all selfish. We come to God, to see what we can get. We come to church to see what we can get. We make friends to see what we can get. We go and look for a job to see how much we can make to see what we can get. It's all about ourselves. Now, you don't come to Jesus to see what you can get. I... I I've been preparing the studies for Ephesians this, for this week. And I thought, wow, I, I, how, how is it I've forgotten some of these awesome truths? For the praise of the glory of his name. For the praise and the glory of his name. You know why Jesus said he came to free those that are oppressed? so that they can then become productive for the praise and the glory of his name. Not so that you look good. You know, I look at Christianity honestly, and, I, and all I see is give me. What can I get? What can I receive? Give me, give me, give me, give me. I read the Bible, and Jesus said, I saved you to go out and tell, to go out and do to go out and help, to go out and share. And we're all about me, me, me. What can I get? What can I receive? What, what's in it for me? Jesus said, I'll make you free and I'll let you go so that you can become productive. Not so that you can now go and say, I'm free. 
Jesus grants absolution. He sends away in freedom with a restoration. Now, what's the restoration to? To joy and to peace. Read that to you in a second. Because there is to be no longer a fragmented person. No longer shall the forces of sin keep us divided. God says, I came to make you whole. To unite your inner self, your head, your heart. To not let you any longer be shattered and divided and confused. Jesus can and will release from the inner brokenness for one reason and one reason only, folks. Here, watch this. Not so that you can be good and healed and better. Now, I know you want to hear that. But I'm going to restrain from saying that. Because I have to be honest to the word of God. Do you know why God does all of this? For his glory and for your hope. First, for his glory. Let me read to you. And I'll invite you. Look into your New Testament, the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Would you just follow me there? I was telling somebody this week that I kind of have had my head in Ephesians all week. And uh, our dear sister said, well, I guess we'll be getting Ephesians sometime in the future. My first thought was, nah, don't worry about it. Now I'm thinking it over. Verse 18. He says, I pray. Now listen to what Paul says. I pray. You know what that means? He's, He's saying... I, I hope you get it, Ephesians. I pray you get it. Oh, I so hope you understand what I'm saying. Listen to what he says. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? The hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Remember I've said to you, in Christ we have all the riches of heaven. He is the God of hope. So when you meet someone that's shattered, you can offer them hope. You can tell them there's hope. Maybe you just need to hear that right now. There is hope. There is always hope. Why? Because he is the God of hope. I want to read one more verse before we're done. Romans chapter 15. So go backwards a little bit. Romans chapter 15. We're going to read verse 13. Romans 15, 13. Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians. In Romans chapter 15, verse 13, this is what the Apostle Paul writes. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. By the way, that word power is the same word that you use for dynamite, dunamis. You know what he's saying there? 
the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. He says, now, I'm, now may the God of hope fill you. Fill you with all joy and peace. If you're shattered, you're not full. If you're broken, you're not full. If you're downtrodden, you're not full. And Jesus says, I came to free you so that you can go and be filled. So as to be productive. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. Now, just a little bit of hope. The word abound means full running over. That you may abound in hope. I love that. And by the way, that hope comes from the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. You got a message. Hey, you got a message. And let me tell you, folks, there is a lot of people without hope. There's a lot of people who have given up. They've given up on life. They've given up on their jobs. They've given up on their mates. They've given up on their families. They've given up on society. They've given up on their governments, on the health care system. They've given up on their own health. They've given up in every area there can be. And we can come to them and say with all conviction, there is a God of hope. Have you met the God of hope? Have you met the God of hope? You can't talk to anybody about the God of hope if you've not met the God of hope. Has he filled you with all hope and faith and believing? We, as his ambassadors, can offer his hope to others. We can offer his hope. See, he frees the shattered and then rebuilds them and makes them their, his ambassadors. Boy, that is awesome. See, there, there is no God like our God. There is no God like the God that created the heavens and the earth. There is no God that can restore a man, a woman from the inside out like our God. To free, to set free those who are oppressed. That's what he came to do. And that's what he has empowered you to do. We're going to talk about that a little more next time we get a chance to preach. We're going to stand and we're going to pray. We're going to close our service. The decisions can come up, but as you're coming up, I mean, as you're thinking about praying and so on, here's my challenge to you this morning, folks. First of all, are you whole? Are you whole on the inside? All I see is a well-groomed, well-dressed individual. What's on the inside? Because I know a God who can put you together. You know why I know that? Because he put me together. Remember, my sister grew up in a home 
which the only way she could solve her issues was to divide her personality. I had my own issues. There's a phrase in the Bible, and every time I see it, I underline it. But God! <laughs> but God! And when God stepped in, it all changed. So are you shattered? Number two. Who is around you that's shattered and you haven't even noticed? When are we going to open our eyes and stop thinking about what we got to get, what we're going to find, what we're going to receive, what we are going to... And start looking with the eyes of God and find the ones that are shattered and give them the message of hope. Tell them about the God of hope. And tell them that he'll free them from whatever has held them under for however long it's been. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Lord, it describes to us what you will do and who you are. And it invites us to receive you. To receive the God of hope. The hope that was spread upon humanity at the cross of Calvary. Where one died for all that all might live. Where life was offered abundantly. Where forgiveness was offered for all where restoration takes place, where freedom is obtained and hope is dispensed. Father, I pray that you will speak to each heart here this morning because honestly, Lord, only you know what's inside. Only you know who is whole, who is one, who is shattered. Only you know how to minister to that heart. And I just trust on the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish that. And may you empower us to take that message to a very needy world. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.